Welcome everyone. We're about to begin Bezas Hashem BPM number 15. That's Bias Pnimi Sheer number 15 for men. Uh, we're going to talk a little bit today about the financial aspects. And it's brought down that the Meishloi Mama in Harbe, if he has a lot of money, and then you bestow upon your wife more based on your financial uh, ability to give her more. And um, so very important, it's important to know that part of being mechabed your wife, part of honoring your wife, has to be in action. Lamaisa, she comes first. Not the lady's first culture in, you know, with, with the non-Jews, for example, in Halach, it's brought down, the husband walks first and so on. And he's uh, assumed to have the leadership role in a family unit in general, and he sits at the head of the table for that reason, and so on and so forth. Um, so, you know, we're not talking about that. That, of course, is all true. But the bottom line, though, is, is that Chazal made it that their needs come before our needs. And um, the Gemara is brought down in, in uh, Chulin, that a man should always eat and drink less than what he could afford, dress in accordance to what he could afford, but honor his wife and children beyond his affordability level, for they are dependent upon him, and he is, depe- and he is dependent upon the one who said, and the world came into existence. So that means nice furniture, high-quality appliances, and so on and so forth. The woman needs it much more than a man does. It's clear from the Gemara that it's not enough that she's well taken care of. She needs her children to be as well to take care of. It affects her deeply if they're not. And it's not just an abstract, nice idea. This is a aspect of married life. When you're considering the issues of spending with her needs and desires, including the children's needs, they must have a special weight, a heavy consideration of weight. And that doesn't mean, by the way, you live beyond your means or get into uh, debt because of it. But when you're doing your budgeting, though, you need to make this top priority in your budgeting itself. So again, since so it's a qualification we're saying here, you know, you know, for this, if, if a husband and wife have some conflict about financial issues, about knowing their budget, they may need to go to a, a counselor, or, you know, to discuss the healthy aspects of budgeting. But eventually, the couple, if they work through it, they can learn about working through budgets themselves. But it is a key that, that you know, the, 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 the high priority of the spending of the budget is, is on the wife. So, for example, if your fridge is going, and, you, and, and she wants to spend on a high-quality refrigerator or dishwasher, then that's what you need to buy for her. You know, that, that's a priority on the budget. Um, or, or a little more nicer clothing or things like that. Same for the children. And we're not talking about a wife that has crazy, uncontrollable spending habits or, you know, uh, and things like that. That's a separate issue. But within a normal reason that she wants those things, it's very important to provide it for her. And by the way, he brings uh, from Rabbi Wolbo, the Kuntris Chassanim, talks about it, right? You can't uh, go spend beyond your means. We're not talking about that. Except for pikuach nefesh type of things, not, not to get into debt. So we're not talking about getting into debt. We're talking about when you have whatever budget that you have. Some have a more modest budget. Some have a more generous budget. But definitely, no matter what budget you have, 
the priority of that budget has to be for the wife's domestic needs and for the needs of the children. It's very important that the wife assesses that the, that the children need, need those things, though that comes first. And whatever extent, to whatever extent you could afford it, you provide her with the higher, higher quality. You know, you can't afford something co- completely. That's a different story. So that's really the scenario here. So example of this would be, for example, is you have an option, uh, you know, you want, you want to take a vacation, and your wife says vacation's nice, and I'd love to go on vacation, but I really need to buy a new shaitel. And let's say you could only afford one. So she comes first. That's the halacha. You know, it's a general rule. You defer to her, forgo the vacation for the sake of getting her that new shaitel. Now, Exceptions could sometimes be made, you know. If you went through a difficult kufa and you really need that getaway, and her older shaitel is not in bad shape, and it, you could wait that half a year, objectively speaking, then it makes more sense for the sake of the family unit to take a vacation. But then you'll need to explain to her why it's so important to take that vacation and maybe she'll be happy about that, that decision, and she'll be mavat around the shaitl for six months or, or whatever. You know, you can have conversations about these things, especially when people have tight budgets. That's why I think people who are listening, by the way, who, especially if they never had a tight budget, if they, Baruch Hashem, were in a situation that they grew into a family that had a more, um, you know, financially comfortable, and they were never in a situation that they were tight, they need to understand what sometimes this difficulty is when someone is financially tight. It's not a simple thing. These types of situations come up. So, you know, when it comes to someone that has a, a bigger budget and they could afford things, so then this problem doesn't exist. We could take the vacation and we could buy the new shaitl. Beautiful. So for people who are listening that don't quite get this because they were always comfortable either, you know, growing up with their parents and then after they got married, they don't understand that Nisayim, but when people who have difficulty with uh, juggling things and financially they're tighter, this could be a source of contention and stress, and we need to deal with it with great sensitivity and great understanding. Now, of course, a man can't be domineering about the finances. Um, you know, you, you need to be open about bank accounts and, and you can't micromanage her expenses and take away her credit cards and do crazy things like that. She should have access. You should allow to give her the, you know, um, ability to spend and with a mutual understanding, with standing with a mutual respect and not holila controlling each other or insulting each other or undermining each other. And again, it's, it's, it's easier when you have more money, and it's a little harder when you have less money, but it's very, very important. And if you, both of you need to go to a life coach or a financial advisor or a third party to help you with these issues, then fine, that's a good idea also to, 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 to work through that, how to handle the finances in a normal way where you have the proper healthy balance, and so on and so forth. So many Shalom Bayes problems is a direct result of financial stress. That's why, by the way, if uh, someone has money and they realize a couple is really struggling and you do that chesed to give them, help them with, with financially, you're not just helping them financially with what you're helping them with. You are helping their shalom bias. You have no idea what you're doing. 
Like, for example, if you sense and you know a coil couple or, or he's just out of coil, he's working, trying to make ends meet, and, the, and, the, and, and, you, and you're there for Shabbos or whatever, you notice that their refrigerator is on their last legs, and you have the money, and then you uh, offer as a gift, uh, you, know, you know, just go to the store, swipe my credit card, or here's a check, or whatever it is, and go into the store, I'll take care of it, buy, buy, buy an uh, excellent quality fridge. You have no idea what chesed that is. Not just on the etzim fridge that they're getting, but on the shalom bias that's connected with it. And by the way, that's why just people who who have this thing that's saying that money is nothing and betachen is everything, of course betachen is everything. But as part of betachen, you say, I trust you, Hashem, but you ask HaKadosh Baruch Hu to please be of your parnasa and to help other people with their parnasa. Realize it's not a small thing. It's not a small thing. Financial pressures is very real, and we need to be compassionate and considerate in when people, especially married couples, that have this issue of they have a tight budget and 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 you can't always have everything and 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 it creates it's it's a it sometimes can be a big messiah and but if a husband and wife perseveres and they love each other they'll work it through and they'll be able to be successful in being beshalom with one another and he'll be able to spend whatever limited money he has to help her and to please her and and so on and so forth. A wife can be realistic, you know. I could not I can't buy a whole who knows what wardrobe, but I could buy a new dress that I really, really need for Shabbos and he needs to understand that that's a high priority. She doesn't have a nice uh begged Shabbos or a chasana that she can go to chasana in a nice dress because she's embarrassed. So and he saves the money and scringes and scrimps uh, and, and and does his best to get that money to get her the dress that will make her happy. That's a beautiful honoring your wife, respecting your wife uh, through your finances that Hakadosh Baruch Hu gives you, and may Hakadosh Baruch Hu help that all of us should have parnasa berevach and to minimize this nisayin as much as possible. And um, that 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 money should never be a point of contention between a husband and a wife or budgeting, and that people should should be able to afford and to have yishavadas and achavasadas in their financial situation. Always daven for it. It's not a small thing. It's not something to be taken lightly. And may Hakadosh Baruch Hu help that we all zayichetah parnasa berevach. Another concept besides financial is this idea of not putting excessive fear in your home or tension in your home. Right? So even though, yes, in a, in a, in a family structure, the husband has certain authority, Chazal gave it to him, but it has to be with a compassion, has to be with a balance, has to be with always with a love. The Rambam Basically, you, 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 it makes it clear when you're talking to your wife never to speak in an angry tone or in an upset tone of voice and to honor her more than yourself. And basically, respecting awe, by the way, is not something that you uh, actively look for. It's through your demeanor of being uh, a Talmud Chacham, being Ehrlich, working on your Midas, you automatically develop that aura of having a certain uh, respect around you by your very acting like a Ben Taira should act. So, but what men need to work on is that sometimes they, they happen to notice every single thing that they don't like. 
and they need to control that urge. And they tend to be extremely critical of their own wives, of their own children, and it's not easy always to learn how to overlook that and to take it easy and to have a relaxed, uh, um, you know, atmosphere as you're trying to maintain whatever standard you want to maintain, right? It's brought down, you know, before Ere Shabbos especially could be a very uh, tense time. And he has to say things, benichusa, Beloshan Raka, right? He them, did you separate the Meiser yet? Eiraftem, did you do do the Erev yet? Hadlikus Aner, and then tell it to light, but all with a calmness. And Osir Adam Lahatul Eimi Yaseir Besayich Beisa. You're not allowed to put that excess fear. Everything has to be said Beloshan Raka, in a soft voice, in a calm voice, not in an authoritarian upsetting voice. And not to create that excess fear and awe in, in the home. It's not a healthy thing. Rapam used to say like this to husbands, you don't need to notice everything, and not everything that you do notice needs to be commented on. And this meets, needs to be a general policy in life, retaining to your interaction with your wife and with your children. You can't automatically notice every single thing that bothers you. You have to resign the tendency, this tendency you have to give up. Not every flaw needs to be noticed. And if you do notice it, not every flaw needs to have a battle about it. Not every infraction needs to be corrected. You need to be mavater a lot. Your wife squeezes the toothpaste this way in the middle, and she forgets to put the keys where it's supposed to be kept, or she was a little late. Vitter, vitter, vitter. Overlook it. Don't make a big deal about it. Be bigger than that. Let the trivialities go. That's what it means. And that's a chilek of not putting that Amy Yesera on your wife and on your children. When it comes to Ruchni's matter, sometimes you have to put your foot down sometimes. Um, you know, uh, let's say your wife does mention something and uh, she's mentioned something and you realize that that particular thing may be Asra Piyalacha. So then you could point that out and, you know, we could talk to Rav about it, but whatever it is. But if it's not Asra Piyalacha, just you don't like it or you feel it's not in the spirit of Shabbos, then you need a certain Shikaladas and how to go about it. Uh, what to say, what not to say, how to say it, and so on. And in some cases, you just need to leave it. You just need to leave it and, and just let it go. That's why, by the way, it's very important. You know, when you, the more you learn Hilcha Shabbos, for example, um, the more you'll realize that there's what to be mekel and what to be machmer. And sometimes you have to just, you know, a real paiskim or people who know. So if they see something with their wife and children that's a clear iser that they're about to do uh, uh, is a is of something and is, uh, everyone holds that way, then of course you have to point it out. You know, don't scare them, but basically tell them they can't do this. You know, usher, fine. There's other things where you know there's a machlekes a paiskim or this and that. You have to use a shikal and das, but without the screaming and the tenseness of it. And a Shabbos, calm atmosphere, singing zmiris, um, and, and, and having an enjoyable uh, aura on Shabbos, and without the excessive tension that sometimes one feels, you know, and so on and so forth. If it's not an issue of usser versus mutter, right? If something's not usser, you know, then 
you have to use shikaladas before pointing something out, especially if you're going to say it in a sharp way. Now, that doesn't mean that you shouldn't aspire to be medactic in mitzvahs. Of course, it's a beautiful goal to be medactic in mitzvahs. Every ben should try to strive to do that. And, you know, let's say by the Shabbos table, you give over divri halacha. Uh, without sounding preachy, that's also very interesting. You said you could say halachas of things that need to be done, but not in a preachy, condescending way, but rather in an enthusiastic, uh, interesting, non-confrontational way when you describe how halachas need to be kept, and that creates a certain amount of relaxation and warmth as they're listening to every halacha. You see, a lot depends on the delivery. If you want your house to be apitayra and everything like that, and you want your wife and children to know more about halachas, so it's a good opportunity, a short, you know, without burdening, a minute, 60 seconds, 90 seconds, every Shabbos meal, to take a particular sefer, Simcha Bonim Kohn's halacha book, whatever it is, to say over these halachas, and some may be clear-cut, or some may not, you know, whatever it is, and, and there's always in between, but the bottom line is everything benachas, benachas, benachas. And if there's points of contention of chumras between your husband and your wife, and you know it's not mamish halacha lamaisa, talk it over with a rav first. Even with your husband and wife together, or you say basically, I want to be makabal this in my house, because I feel, uh, according to the sheet, is that it's usher if you don't do it this way. But my wife doesn't like it, she's not comfortable with it, she doesn't want me to do it. And, and you know, talk to, 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 to a, 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 a rav who has that, Chachma of, of Chaim that understands both Halacha and the fifth Shulchan Aruch and understands the dynamic between husband and wife and Shalom Bayis to guide you in these matters so that you could both be misal and go up in Avodah Hashem but at the same time everything done benachas in a clear cut way even with Hilchas Lashon Hara that the Chafetz Chaim brings down you know if, 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 if your wife or children are saying outright Lashon Hara that's Osagam or you have to put a stop to it. But again, there's a way to do it. You could do it as a frontal approach, like an attack, and that could, you know, spiral out of control. Very often will create more Lashon Hara and more Achilles to be said, because even when things are actually wrong, the way you deliver it, the way you say it, the way you approach it. So even when you have a Chiv to speak up, when something's really wrong, midday Raisa, no questions about it, like Mamish pure Lashon Hara type of thing, and you want to change that culture, but you need shikaladas, ask advice, and what to say, how to say it. You need to say it. Zechiev, of course. But to do it in a way with where it doesn't go and backfire. And um, that's really an important aside, you know, because you always come into conflicts. It's very natural that between a husband and wife, one is fromer than the other sometimes. And, Sometimes one starts out from it than the other, and then the other one jumps ahead and becomes more from than the original one. And there's sometimes conflicts with these things. And, you know, no husband and wife is the same. No two marriages are the same. Even in one marriage, no two situations are the same. And the levels of frumkite change from time to time, up and down. And the key really is, is to talk with a hava. And even when you need to say something that has to be said, you do it with a sweet way that the sting of any type of rebuke is not felt whatsoever to talk gently, endearing make it clear that no matter what I love you, I care about you we're one, I'm not better than you I just want to 
you know, I just want to make this house more that has, beloved by Hashem, and that is it. And 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 remember that. Remember, criticism is poison to marriage, and even and it's and it is the uh, greatest enemy of shalom bias. Criticism is one of the greatest enemies of shalom bias. And when you want to have whole healthy emotional people and marriages, especially women are very sensitive to criticism of their husband, children are too. Direct criticism is dangerous. Biting criticism is deadly. And it's very important, even if you feel you're up, you know, you want to up, up keep halacha, you have to figure out the right way to do it Ask Aitzis if you're not sure. If you're upset about something, you think something's wrong, I got to fix it. Talk to people. If you're not sure how to go about it, there's ways to go about everything. And that's very, very important. And, um, and that's something that um, every husband needs to remember. So this year had some very, very important points on the financial aspects and on the Amy Yaseira aspects and upkeep of Alocha and um, on all of this with love, with sensitivity, and with tefillah to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, that anyone who has such matzavim to ask HaKadosh Baruch Hu for advice, ask good people for advice, and always remember the Recher Adachei Noyam. The Recher Adachei Noyam doesn't mean that when something unpleasant happens or something that you need to speak up that you're really not comfortable, you don't want to hurt anybody, but something you have to say something, then you need to say it. But the Recher Adachei Noyam means that you figure it out, you ask, and you do it in a way that's sweet, that's calm, that's that doesn't hurt, and does not cause and, and causes the others that are listening to be motivated to want to become better. And that is really the key.